You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast live post-game edition for Tuesday, June the 28th of 2022. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day that you tune into the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Whether it's your last listen of the day here on this Tuesday evening or your first listen of the day on Monday, thank you for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Be sure to use code Locked On at checkout. More about them a little bit later on in the show. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're watching on Twitter at LJ Fastball or Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals or the YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in. Or if you're watching or listening at a later time, it's a joy to be talking to you today. And we're going to talk about a couple of Cardinal wins and a couple of really impressive Cardinal wins and for, for different reasons. We're going to start with Tuesday's game because it's fresh. It's what It just ended about half an hour ago. It's on our minds, at least it's on my mind. So we're going to start with that one on this Tuesday show. And it, you might not like the fact that you, the Cardinals had to come back against the fourth place Miami Marlins, but it does show that the Cardinals have that comeback ability. Uh, and I think that that is uh, a key in most offenses. Most good offenses have the ability to come back even late in games. And the Cardinals showed that they were able to do that early or middle, late of the game after the Dakota Hudson surrenders a couple runs early. But the big key in this game for me is that you see what this bullpen is like when it's right. What I mean by that is after Dakota Hudson is only able to go five, you see Junior Fernandez throw two shutout dynamite innings. And you you really don't expect that from Junior Fernandez, given his track record, all due respect to Junior. And then you see Giovanni Gallegos and Ryan Helsley do what they do best as they go two combined scoreless innings, strike out the final five men they face. And really show, again, the highlight, the upside of this Cardinal bullpen. This Cardinal bullpen, the back end of it is phenomenal. I know I talked about on, on Monday's show and last week, for those of you who, who are just joining or haven't watched a ton, I talked about how this Cardinal team needs pitching. And that is still true, even with these comments I make tonight of how good this back end is. Because outside of Helsley and Gallegos and Cabrera, it's been extremely inconsistent, Right. If you have guys like Johan Oviedo step up like he's been stepping up, guys like Junior Fernandez step up like they've been stepping up, and maybe even Jordan Hicks is able to come back, then you start to think about, okay, maybe this bullpen has what it takes. Now the question is, does this bullpen need external options? And there's a big big argument to that, that the bullpen and really pitching in general needs external options, especially when you look at the starters. But what doesn't need any external options or any fixing? The back end. Ryan Helsley lowers his season ERA to a microscopic 0.30. Struck out three more batters today. Registers his sixth save. Ryan Helsley, I tweeted this out at LJ Fastball on Twitter. Ryan Helsley is as automatic as it gets coming out of that bullpen. He is dynamite every time he comes out. He has been able to unlock secret potential that I didn't think was there. I've always been high on Helsley. But I don't think I ever thought he'd be this good or this dominant to the point where I'm starting to think, and the conversation needs to start happening, best reliever in baseball should not be off the table. I'll say that again for those in the back. 
best reliever in baseball should not be off the table when you're talking about Ryan Helsley. That is how good he's been this year. He's been able to be in the strike zone. His stuff has exploded to a different level. Where would this Cardinal bullpen be without Ryan Helsley? Because even Gallegos has had his struggles in the eighth inning, and there's a reason that he's no longer, no longer the closer. Where would this bullpen be without Ryan Helsley? Let me know your thoughts. For those of you watching on, on Twitter or on on YouTube, I'll try and get to the comments on, on YouTube. It's a little, little easier. But regardless, send in your comments for, for me to to try and reply to. I don't think that this team is very successful without the performance of Ryan Helsley this season. I really don't. Um, and the, the bullpen showed how, how good it can be in the back end. Talking about Dakota Hudson, only walked one batter. That was the last battery phase. So you, you do see some positives there that he's at least trying, or he's at least improving in, in terms of finding the strike zone. But 86 pitches over five plus innings, six hits, three earned runs. It seems that Dakota Hudson has has teased us a little bit this year. We, we've seen the upside on Dakota and how good he can be, but we've also seen him and, and what he can't be. And we, we've seen him not be able to get the length. We see him walking too many batters. We see him giving up too many hits. So I'm not one to, to give up on, on Dakota Hudson just yet, but you do have to start asking yourselves very soon, at what point do you have to settle for one or the other? At what point do you have to say to yourself, okay, the real Dakota Hudson's not here. I, the real Dakota Hudson is is what it is, right? So Dakota Hudson, not super impressive today. But what was super impressive today was, was the offense. Cardinals score five runs on 11 hits. You see Sosa with the double, or triple, excuse me, Edmund and Carlson both double in the uh, 11 hit barrage. But what was key for the offense for me, in my opinion, when you look at what they did on Tuesday night, was the fact that they were able to come back from a game. This offense early in the season wasn't coming back from a lot of games. And tonight, they did just that. They go down 3 nothing as the Marlins put up three runs in the third inning. You get one run back in the fourth on a Dylan Carlson single. And then you have the fifth inning explosion. You have the Edmundo Sosa triple, the Edmund single, the Carlson ground rule double, and then the Goldschmidt single, a uh, little bloop single that to score four runs in that fifth inning. When this offense is right, it's a legit offense. When this offense is right, it is one that can compete with just about every other offense in baseball. And I know that that might sound crazy to some of you. But let's take a look at the offense when these guys are right. Paul Goldschmidt having an MVP type season. We'll talk about him in segment number two. Nolan Arenado has struggled at times this year, and even at prolonged times, but still playing platinum glove defense at third base. And it's still Nolan Arenado still having a productive season, a better season than he had last year in a St. Louis Cardinal uniform. Second base, you have Nolan Gorman, who has powered his way to Rookie of the Year conversations despite only playing 30-something games. Has incredible power, can hit him in bunches, and has played an okay second base. Tommy Edmond, based on war, the best position player in all of baseball this season. He does a lot for you at the top of the lineup, both with the bat and the speed and the glove. That's a really solid, really solid infield. Move on to the outfield. You've got Dylan Carlson, who's doing some good things in his in, after he, he got hurt. Juan Yepes, in the Rookie of the Year conversation, maybe more so than Gorman because of the prolonged playing time, but Juan Yepes, in the Rookie of the Year conversation. And then Brendan Donovan is arguably the third outfielder right now. He's also in the Rookie of the Year conversation. This is an, out, this is an offense that, when right, is incredibly dangerous, and this is an offense right now that is not right and still proving that they can be dangerous. 
This is an offense right now without Harrison Bader. This is an offense right now without Tyler O'Neill. This is an offense right now that when they get those two guys back, you're going to have a very tough time sitting anybody that's been playing right now. Sosa, Newpar, probably easy sits, but Yepes needs to play. Donovan needs to play. Gorman needs to play. So I know it's just one game, but I think this game is a microcosm of this season of this season for the St. Louis Cardinals in the sense that you have an offense produce. Like I mentioned, you have the, the five runs on 11 hits for the St. Louis Cardinals um, on Tuesday night. They go four for nine with runners in scoring position. You have a starter that was good, not great. Good, not great under Dakota Hudson. And you have the bullpen get a surprise appearance from Junior Fernandez and then dominate with the back end. That is a microcosm of this season because we've seen this offense be deadly at times. We've seen starters be good but not great. And we've seen this bullpen be locked down. So I understand it's just one game. I'm trying not to just completely flip the script and be all wonderful and fantastic after talking about the doom and gloom of the, the pitching situation on, on yesterday's show. But the, the point still stands that this team is not that far from being, or should not be that far from being regarded as one of the tops in the league. The, pit, the bullpen needs some reinsurance. Hopefully Hicks can be that as well as maybe the Cardinals go external. The starters need one, maybe two front or top of the line starters. And this offense needs to get healthy and or just get guys going like a Nolan Arenado. Catching is a little bit of a weakness right now. But the pieces are there. I want to highlight two of those pieces in segment number two and talk about what awards they should be either A, getting, or B, in the conversation for. And throughout all of this live show, whether you're, again, watching on YouTube or Twitter, sure to drop a comment, uh, reply to the tweet. I'll try and get to them all and talk about those finished up in segment number three. But I want to talk about Paul Goldschmidt and Juan Yepes because those two have been absolutely phenomenal this season for the St. Louis Cardinals. So before I get to segment number two, I want to talk about today's title sponsor, and that is BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her at BlueNile.com with the convenience of online shopping. Because Blue Nile has online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring because each ring is one of a kind. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble finding it, don't worry. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. You can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners, that's you, will get a $50 off purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive, you're only getting it because you're a Locked On Sports listener. Use code Locked On. And that this inclusive includes engagement. Excuse me. Use code locked on L O C K E D O N. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace by going to BlueNile.com today. Also, want to tell you that this episode is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. 
It's also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for each and every customer. And they have everything you could possibly need, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can find them at rockauto.com. As promised, let's go ahead and get into the the highlights that I wanted to talk about. We're going to start with Paul Goldschmidt because Paul Goldschmidt has been absolutely remarkable for the St. Louis Cardinals this season, and there is little to no doubting how good Paul Goldschmidt has been. And I'm going to say this right off the bat. I'm not even going to waste too much time talking about Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt should be the NL MVP this year, at least up until this point. Little to no doubt in my mind that if voting were today, that Paul Goldschmidt would be the NL MVP. One of few reasons why. I'll give you a few reasons why. Currently, he is hitting 347. He's got 19 home runs, 65 runs batted in. His on base percentage this season, 429. His slugging percentage this season, 639. His OPS, 1068. All of those numbers are highs since he's been a St. Louis Cardinals. The 347 batting average would be the tallest mark of his career. The on-base percentage of 429 would also be excuse me, would be the second highest of his career since 2015. The 639 slugging would be his highest of his career, and the 1068 would also be the highest of his career when looking at OPS. He's playing a gold glove first base. He's top 10 in numerous NL offensive categories including the all the, the categories that I just mentioned of batting average on base and slugging. Top 10 on homers, top 10 in RBIs, doubles, games played, all these incredible offensive categories. Paul Goldschmidt is the leader in. There is no doubt in my mind that Paul Goldschmidt should A, be the starting first baseman for the National League All-Star team this year, and B, be the MVP of the National League. Cardinals have not had a National League MVP since Albert Pujols. Paul Goldschmidt, in my opinion, should be the second MVP. Excuse me, should be the first MVP since Albert. Put it, put it, put it simply. I talked about this on an episode a couple weeks ago, uh, right after he won, before he won, rather, Player of the Week a few weeks ago after the big series against Pittsburgh, and I'll talk about it again. It, it, it's a comparison that that I think is overdone a little bit. Maybe the narrative is overdone a little bit between uh, Goldie and Pujols because you know, yes, they're both first basemen. Yes, they both play for the Cardinals. All these things, but Paul Goldschmidt this season is having an Albert Pujols-like season. Yeah, I said it. It's incredibly hard to get him out, and like incredibly hard to get him out. Paul Goldschmidt today was one for three, but the reason I talk about Paul Goldschmidt is because of Monday's game in which he had four hits, two runs scored, two RBIs. He had a double, a homer as well. Four-hit day, the Cardinals go on to score nine runs. Let me know what you think. Drop a comment in the YouTube section. Uh, reply to the to the tweet that you're watching this on, however you're watching it. Or if you're watching it later, email LockedOnCards at gmail.com. DM on Twitter at LJFastball. Drop a comment later. Try and get to it later. Paul Goldschmidt, all due respect to everybody else that are having phenomenal years. Pete Alonzo, Mookie Betts, 
all those guys. Paul Goldsmith's having the best year, statistically speaking, when you look at the whole picture. And his team was in the playoffs, playoff hunt, which, like it or not, that goes into deciding whether or not you win the Most Valuable Player award. Paul Goldschmidt, I mentioned this in the first time I'm going to ask this question, where would this team without where would this team be without Ryan Husley? How about where would this team be without Paul Goldschmidt? Because when you try to define most valuable player, you're going to do a couple of different uh, scenarios. Do you mean valuable? Do you mean best? What do you really, what do you really mean? Regardless, Paul Goldschmidt is that guy. He's the best player this year on the Cardinals. He's been the most valuable. He, he is, you cannot understate what Paul Goldschmidt means to this team. Also looking at yesterday's game, as we kind of transition into the second person I wanted to highlight on this segment, let's talk Juan Yepes. Because there's a really good argument as well that Juan Yepes should be Rookie of the Year in the National League. Top three in rookies and home runs with nine. He hit two more in yesterday's game over on Monday. Overall on that day, he was two out of four with five RBI. Two runs scored on the two home runs. Juan Yepes might not have the name of, you know, the the, the stature, uh, the, what am I trying to say? He might not have the the pedigree or the the, the nationality uh, the, the well-known nationality like a Nolan Gorman in the prospect world, like a like an O'Neill O'Neill Cruz, because I know Ethan of Locked On Pirates is going to try and argue with me that O'Neill Cruz will win Rookie of the Year. But I'll tell you what, Juan Yepes needs to be in that conversation, and here's why: he came to the major leagues raked, just like he did to tail end last year, and just like he did to start this year in the minor leagues, absolutely raked at the major league level. Then all of a sudden, he started to struggle a little bit. And you're thinking, no, you know, is this guy legit? Is it, and he needs to adjust. He has done that, and now he's performing remarkably well again. Home run on Sunday against the Chicago Cubs down the line. Two home runs yesterday. He has performed. The Cardinals arguably could have four Rookie of the Year contenders. Andre Pallante. Nolan Gorman, if he continues. Brendan Donovan, if he continues. And Juan Yepes. You absolutely have a Rookie of the Year candidate all over this team. In, in all those, those the four rookies that I mentioned. And who knows? Maybe Ivan Herrera is going to heat up. And maybe he, he becomes a Rookie of the Year uh, candidate. Who knows? But Juan Yepes has been a part of this offense that has just been remarkable at times this season. And really... When you're looking at why Juan Yepes is successful, it's hard to overlook the impact that Albert Pujols has had on Yepes. I know that Pujols is really struggling right now. He was one for four tonight in the comeback win, but maybe his value remains off the field. How he's able to mentor young guys like a Juan Yepes. Maybe Juan Yepes becomes a, a key in this lineup for years to come, and maybe it's in part due to what Albert Pujols is talking to on the in the dugout. It was hilarious when Yepes struck out on Monday and Pujols was just kind of laughing over there in the dugout. It was kind of funny. You can tell that the bond there is special. But Yepes was the key storyline on Monday's win in addition to uh, the Goldie big day and the Adam Wainwright big day. Because Adam Wainwright was phenomenal on, on Monday night. 
I want to talk about Wainwright a little bit. I want to talk about Hudson a little bit more, as well as preview tomorrow's game or Wednesday's game, as well as get to some comments. I see a couple couple, couple coming in. So if you have a comment, it can be something that I've talked about today. It can be something about widely different. Anything you want to talk about, drop a comment. I'll talk about that uh, coming up here in segment number three, coming up here in just a moment. But before we get to those the comments, talking about Wainwright, Sandro Contra uh, on Wednesday, I want to talk about Bet Online. .net and how it remains your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments up at online, league reviews and news, including this year's Major League Baseball scores. Everything you want to know about Major League Baseball, it's at BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. Whether that's live betting, esports, or scores, it's got you covered. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. That's right. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Talked a little bit about the game on Monday, a little bit about the game tonight. But I want to talk about Adam Wainwright because whenever the Cardinals need a big start from Adam Wainwright, he tends to come through. On Monday night, he goes seven shutout innings. Surprised that he gave up seven hits. Didn't seem like he gave up seven hits. Walked one, struck out nine. Season ERA lowered to 307. Finally gets a win, his sixth win. Uh, as he needs 10 more, and I see a question about Adam Wainwright just pop in right now. So hold on, Aaron. I'll get to that question in a moment. Um, a question about Adam Wainwright. He, he was phenomenal. Adam Wainwright is somebody that this team needs, and it, it it's you could call it a negative when you're relying on a 40-year-old pitcher to be an ace like, the, like Adam Wainwright has been. However, what is there to doubt about Adam, Adam Wainwright at this point? There, there's little to nothing to doubt about Adam Wainwright. He's, he's not said he's retiring and based on how he looks at the mound day in and day out. I don't see why he should retire. There's a really good point to that. Obviously, you got to wonder, is he a fit for the Cardinals rotation moving forward, all these different things. But holy cow, Wainwright was good last night. Phenomenal. But, and you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this segment really quick, and I'm going to answer this question that, that just came in about Adam Wainwright. I'm going to show it on the screen on YouTube. Aaron's Lawn Care on YouTube says, Do you believe Wainwright will get the 10 more wins needed to reach 200 this season? Not sure how many he has left. That's a great question. And we'll talk about it for, for just a moment. Because getting 200, I think, would, would put him pretty deeply in the Hall of Fame conversation. He's one of those fringe guys, right? Clearly in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Talking Cooperstown here. He's made 15 starts and got 16 wins. The last last two seasons, he, or last season he made 32 starts in 2021 in a full season. He made 10 in the shortened season in 2020 and 31 in 2019, okay? So let's assume he gets to 30 this year, okay? He's at 15 now. Let's assume everything continues on pace for him. So he's got six wins and 15 starts. He gets 15 more starts at six more wins. Then, yes, that would be um, short. He needs, he needs 10 more wins this season. I don't know if he has the capability to get to, get to 200. I think he could get awfully close. And if he gets 200, that would really put him in that conversation for Hall of Fame. If I were a betting man, however, I think at the beginning of the season, I thought 
Wainwright getting 16 wins to get 200 was more likely than Albert getting, what what would it need, 21 or uh, 19 home runs at the beginning of the year to get 600. But now I don't think either one of them are going to happen. Now, that said, the caveat to that um, would be that Wainwright has had some tough luck losses and really tough luck no decisions this year. So maybe if, if luck starts going his way a little bit and he gets, you know, because he could easily have eight wins right now, maybe even nine, depending on, on how you look at it. So um, it's a great question, Aaron, and I, I appreciate the question. I just don't see it happening unless the luck really tends to turn around for him and he's able to get some of those tough luck no decisions into into wins. But we'll see. I, I you know, Talk, betting against Adam Wainwright, in my experience, has been a bad experience. So I would tend to not bet against him. But um, the the odds are certainly against him, in my opinion, based on how the season has gone. Um, and you know what? Even if he doesn't get 200 wins, there's still a pretty good argument that he could be in the Hall of Fame at, at, at Carrera's And It would be tough con- to convince some people. But I do think... Um, but I do think that there's a conversation to be had. So real quick, I see one more question pop in, and keep them coming. Keep the question. I'll get to as many as I can. I do want to talk about tomorrow's game, though, however, on Wednesday, as the Cardinals will face Sandy Alcantara in a 6:45 start. Cardinals send Andre Pilante to the mound. I would really try and watch this one. Sandy Alcantara, by war, has been the best player in baseball this season, arguably one of the better pitchers in all of baseball this season, well on his way to an NL Cy Young Award winner. Facing off against Andre Pilante, who has been arguably one of the better pitchers for the Cardinals this season. So getting a sweep is not going to be easy. Last time the Cardinals were in this situation, the Cardinals were shut down by Pablo Lopez in Game 3 of a three-game series against the Marlins. We'll see if Alcantara does the same thing, but you would imagine that Helsley might be available because you got a day off on Thursday. Gio's probably out, so you're going to need a deep start from Pallante. We'll see if he's able to get stretched out and be able to go six innings. But I would say that the likelihood of the Cardinals pulling off a sweep is pretty slim without just because of how good Alcantara is. Nothing against Palante, but just because of how good um how good Alcantara is. He's been absolutely phenomenal, one of the one of the game's best this season. Um Aaron, I see you commented that you agree tough losses he's had this season. Um yeah, for for Adam Wainwright. But one more question here. Um this one coming on YouTube, Remy underscore V1. Any pitching moves at all, you think? Remy, this is, a, this is a tough one because, and again, I've got about four or five minutes left. If you have questions, throw it in there. I'll try and re- reply on YouTube later. Um, do the Cardinals need pitching help? Yes. I wasn't even going to pause for that one. The Cardinals need pitching help. With Flaherty out, you don't know how long. Matt's on the mend. The, there's a really good argument to say the Cardinals need external pitching help. Do they get that help? The Cardinals have been historic in not passing on young rookies. And the Cardinals' farm system is top-heavy. And the top four have all seen Major League time this season, or three of the top four have all seen Major League time this season, and none of those four are getting moved. And likely, to get a Frankie Montas-type pitcher, you're going to need to see a top four or five prospect get moved. Jordan Walker's not getting moved. Matthew Libertor is not getting moved. Ivan Herrera is not getting moved, and Nolan Gorman not getting moved. Those are, you can change the order around depending on what site you look at, but those are the top four prospects. Mason Wynn usually comes in at number five. They seem to like him a lot as well. I don't see the Cardinals getting a frontline starter. Do they need a frontline starter with, with Flaherty hurt and don't know when it's going to be back? Yeah, there's a, there's a good argument to that. But I, I wouldn't hold your breath 
to make a to concise that I wouldn't hold your breath to see the Cardinals make a move um, for, for any pitching help. Um, another question coming in about this from Aaron's Lawn Care saying, do you think Donovan would be a trade option for pitching help? Um, I, I, I do not see the Cardinals losing Donovan. It would have to be an insane package. But what makes Donovan unique about unique more than the other players on this that I just mentioned, and even more than say a Juan Yepes who might be able, who might you could you could talk about. Um, he's so versatile. He can play second. He can play short. He can play third. He can play the corner and outfield spots. He can play first. I I, I would be surprised if you couldn't catch it if we don't see him catch an emergency this season. He can play so many positions. He gives you great at-bats. And not only can he play all these positions, he can play all these positions at a high level. Maybe not a gold glove type level everywhere, but for an infielder, he plays a darn good outfield. <laughs> I'll say that right now. So I, I do not see Donovan being moved. And if he was moved again, it would have to be some kind of return. Uh, it would have to be just just something remarkable. So I uh, appreciate all, all the questions, and uh, Aaron says that he agrees with that. So thanks for the agreement there. Uh, that, that's going to just about do it for the show today. I, I, I'm trying to do these live shows more often. And for those watching now or listening now or watching later, listening later, I'm going to have a special news announcement on Wednesday's show. So be sure to tune back in Wednesday. It's a very fun, exci- exciting comment, exciting breaking news, if you will, about how the show is going to look moving forward, so you will not want to miss Wednesday's show. Um, you will not want to miss Wednesday's show. I'm just going to say that, because there's fun news coming on Wednesday's show. Do not miss it. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, we'll talking more Cardinal baseball, talking more about the special announcement, talk about some trade candidates, talking about a lot of different things, and especially the breaking news. You don't want to miss the breaking news. So thank you for tuning in tonight, or whenever you're tuning in. And regardless... Until I talk to you guys next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.